Welcome to Frequently Asked Questions from the session, Caring for Me, Caring for You, Strategies to Pursue Personal Health and Create a Culture of Wellness. We are joined by Dr. Pipus. Before we begin with these questions, doctor, would you be able to reiterate a few key pointers from today's session to our audience? Thank you. I'd be happy to. I am committed to the concept and reframing of uh, our ability to care for ourselves as a way of enhancing our ability to care for others. And I think this might be counterintuitive to the way many of us have been trained that others come first, but as we begin to think about um, filling our own tank, if you will, with that analogy that um, put your own mask on first and then help others, that by taking care of ourselves, um, we are actually better equipped to care for others. And my, my premise for all of this work is that my health is critical to my effectiveness as a, and you can fill in the blank, as a physician, as a teacher, as a parent, as a wife, um, and really by focusing um, on the, the shift in thinking that I matter um, and that I'm not invincible to the health needs. Uh, doing the same for me as I do for my patients, no more, no less, can, can contribute to be my being more effective. Great. Let's start with some of the frequently asked questions. First, who is responsible for the health of health professionals? That's a great question. I think um, we all have, um, as a society, as an institution, um, as physicians and members of healthcare teams, um, allowed physicians to somehow be um, immune to some of the the needs of, of healthcare that we sometimes think physicians can't get sick. They're not hungry. They don't need sleep or food or um, any of the basics that we, um, we need as humans. And in some ways, that's trying to put them on some superhuman pedestal, which is absolutely unrealistic. Um, and has caused um, a lot of the challenges that we're now seeing with the rates of burnout being so much higher than in the general population. And so I think um, we have to look at it from both sides of the angle, both the um, individuals making changes in their own behaviors, um, but also um, it's somewhat insulting, I think, from a provider's perspective to think that these are people who are experts in the knowledge and the skills, but that they're not able to take care of themselves. It's really that they're not able to take care of themselves in an environment that might actually be unsupportive or, in some cases, toxic. And so I think the, the system needs to make changes, and um, ultimately we are the system. And so I think that the ability to change a system comes from individuals within it. And so uh, the, the ultimate um, responsibility is ours, but we need to both have skills to focus on our own personal health as well as to redesign systems um, and make changes at the organizational level that supports um, wellness among health professionals. How can health professionals be responsible to care for patients, team members, and themselves? Seems like they have to do it all, right? Um, I think, again, this is a, this is a mind frame a shifting um, in the focus, and that <coughs> some of the, <coughs> excuse me, some of the um, strategies include being able to prioritize time differently or being able to say no. And, and some health professionals will say, does that mean I have to go part-time in order to balance all these things? And I think um, being able to uh, reframe some of the demands that we have, and these can be done on the level of um, leadership training, they can be done on the level of practice where we um, maximize the roles of other team members, that physicians um, who are focusing on trying to do everything themselves um, are going to find ourselves um, unable to do 
um, anything well. And so being able to say no, being able to balance, um, being able to take time for ourselves has a, an exponential benefit in, in caring for others. Should wellness be a mandated component of curriculum for health professionals in training? Yes. There's, um, there's no question that for us to break this cycle, uh, we need to um, mandate this type of curriculum in medical schools. I think the, the mandate word is an is a interesting concept because not any um, one strategy should be mandated, but we need to mandate that we are all competent um, to not only role model, but to sustain our own health and wellness. How we do that needs um, individual determination, and so we need autonomy as to what I may need versus what you may need, um, but that we all have to somehow be able to demonstrate um, that we are competent um, as uh, as physicians to take care of our own health, um, just again, as we do with our patients. How do we go about changing the system to support wellness among health professionals? So there's, um, there's more and more literature looking at some of the um, strategies that are uh, being implemented at systems levels, whether it's the team level, the clinical team, um, looking at you know having scribes and MAs, many resources there. There's also um, implementation strategies that are surfacing as best practice around schools and educational programs, um, such as pass-fail and supporting leadership training. Um, I think that the major... Um, perspective is really to think about this as a call to all organizations, and certainly um, in an academic medicine article recently, Tate Schoenfeld calls us all to say, we have to have the health of health professionals at the top priority, just like um, Bodenheimer did when he charged us with the quadruple aim. This is not about just taking good care of patients, but it's about not doing it at the expense of our health professionals. So we really need to think about what are the top levels of strategies? How do we begin to do this in a business case to invest the money back into the system that we're losing with every burned out health professional? And there's actually dollars and numbers that are associated with this to do it in a way that we get a return on investment by investing in, in ourselves. So if we know that we're losing, you know, and, and again, uh, Tate Schoenfeld has identified, you know, over $6,000 per physician that's burned out and, you know, half a million dollars potentially to replace a physician that's not working or that's present and not functioning then we can take even 10% of that dollars and put it back into the system. And so now we need organizations to identify champions of this, whether they're chief wellness officers or other titles as wellness champions, wellness leaders. Um, we need organizations to commit to high-level goals and strategies, and we need frontline interventions to be coming from those people that are at the front line uh, who have a knowledge and um, understanding of what needs to change. And then we need to have metrics that we can measure. We need to have vision articulated. We need to have monitoring capabilities. Um, and then we really need to celebrate the changes. And so it's really the same as we use with any improvement process, but we need to do it thinking about the wellness of health professionals as the ultimate goal. And lastly, what evidence-based strategies exist for promoting personal health? So this is my own research, and I um, 
have uh, been excited working in this area because for the majority of um, the work, it challenges me to walk the walk. And so um, as I've written a book recently, A Doctor's Dozen, 12 Strategies for Personal Health and a Culture of Wellness, it was really about um, taking from all the different aspects of my roles, learning from my patients. So each chapter is illustrated by a patient story of somebody who had challenges but used evidence-based strategies um, to make change. Um, it also came from my research around what are these science-based, evidence-based strategies. Um, and then from my teacher hat, really looking at how do we implement these with either curriculum or um, actual exercises for application. And so the, there's lots of different findings out there, including you know, mindfulness and self-reflection, um, resilience training. Um, journaling, narrative writing, obviously physical exercise, going out in nature, social health supports, um, looking at time management, looking at media usage, um, being able to adapt concepts of change, um, looking at cognitive reframing, emotional intelligence, um, appreciative inquiry. There's so many different resources out there and how we can both um, learn these as practitioners and then incorporate them in training for both medical students and residents is going to be the key um, for us moving forward um, in, in turning around um, the, the epidemic right now of burnout among health professionals. I'm excited to be part of this movement and I'm very um, eager to um, see the, the benefit to ourselves. So cheers to, cheers to all of our health. Thank you so much for this information, doctor. This is very helpful and thank you for your time. My pleasure.